Welcome to the Marvel Evolution Show with myself, Andy Stead. And I'm Jarian Gibson. And I'm Alex Stroud. And uh, before we do go any further today, guys, uh, we are going to be talking about Ant-Man Quantumania. We've all seen it over the last couple of days, us three here. So we are going to be talking about that. You can see the spoiler alert at the top of the screen. So please, we do um, encourage you, if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to be spoiled, please um you know switch off we'll try our best when there's some big moments coming up that we don't want to ruin for you if you do want to listen but you don't want to um you know hear those big moments but um we will be talking about ant-man quantum mania today but before we get there let's uh let's see how we are how are you alex all right good good i bought a couple funkos uh they came in the mail this week i kind of swore off buying funkos and then forgot i bought these and then <laughs> was like literally talking about it that day i was like i'm not really gonna buy any more funkos and then walked outside and saw a package sitting on the porch and i was like all right well i guess i've already broke that rule so you know <laughs> my, my my wife says um when there's a, a delivery you know so alexa pings says that there's a delivery turning up you know there's a mm. delivery turning up and then you sort of go she goes, oh, Alexa's been ordering stuff for me again. You know, <laughs> you could say the same. You just sort of go, Funko have just been sending me stuff again. <laughs> I used to have a, a friend whose dad would order things and he would get drunk and then he would wake up and <laughs> like a few days later and he would find like all these packages because he worked like night shifts. So he would like wake up and find all these packages on his front porch and he'd be like, it's like Christmas every time I'm opening up these packages because I have no clue what I ordered. <laughs> uh jared how are you doing good family's starting to feel better you know it's been a rough week you know family got sick uh something like bug going around but finally back to back to normal just got back from taking my son to seeing quantum mania so i've seen it a few times now um so yeah nice, doing good. nice. excellent well um yeah i mean it's been uh i've had, I've had a i've had a such an odd week this week uh, my, my car was actually it wasn't stolen, but somebody uh, cut out the catalytic converter from underneath my car while it was parked at a. Oh um, wow! Yeah, yeah, while it was parked at a shopping center. So I turned it on, and it sounded like an American muscle car. It was so <laughs> loud, but um, yeah. So I'm trying to be quite stoic about it because there's absolutely nothing I could have done about it. But um, yeah, you know, it, it happens. Wow. But I yeah, I realize you have the same problems over there because we're having that same issue here too, as well, where people are doing mm -hmm. that. So yeah, well, there's so. Um, they're so expensive because of the, the precious metals in them that they use mm -hmm. to convert everything. But, you know, never mind. Like I said, I, I, had, and I had another disappointment as well. Me and my son went to the Ant-Man uh, London premiere and all the wristbands were gone. So we couldn't get into that either. Uh, it was just like one disappointment after another one this week. But I've um, been to see the movie today. So that was that was fun. We had a, we had a good time um, but yeah. And as always, guys, if you're listening or watching on any one of our streams or channels um please drop us a message let us know how you're doing and put your initials at the end of the comments so that we know who's talking and uh yeah we'll 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 include you in our show so um i know we're gonna we're gonna get straight on into quantum mania go on Jaren, what do you want to say also too we keep getting a lot of people on twitter on twitter we can't see the chat so if you're on twitter and you're interact you want to interact with us go over to the youtube channel the twitch stream or to the trovo stream uh if you want to get uh in the chat Superb, superb. So we're going to get stuck straight into this uh, Quantum Mania discussion. And I know, Jaren, you've got a, a quick piece of news that you want to chuck in before we start talking about the movie. 
Yeah, so we know that they brought some characters back from the previous movies. We also know that um, that Michael Pena's Luis was not in this movie, and and Peyton Reed addressed why he was not in the movie. Um, he said there were no versions of this movie with Louise. There are a lot of characters in the movie. We obviously have our Lang, Van Dyne, and Pym family, but we also introduced Kang, Modok, and all the Freedom Fighter characters. So we had to take or had to make decisions early on about what stories we could tell and what stories we couldn't tell. I love those characters. They were really, really fun and part of the Lang family. But as we got further and further into development, we knew we wanted to bring the family into the quantum realm pretty early in the movie. It just didn't make sense uh, to include Luis and Co. And you also know that one of the characters, um, Michael, uh, or sorry, David, uh, I'm going to butcher his last name, Das Malchian, uh, who played Kurt in the previous movies, was in this movie as a different character. So, Yeah, I don't think it made sense to have Luis or um, or those other guys. He's, he's sort of co-workers or convicts. I don't think it didn't make sense to have him in here. The, the film was only bookended shortly yep. in in uh, the real world wasn't it so it was like the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes were actually in yeah. the real world everything else was in the quantum realm i mean exactly the ants being brought into the quantum realm was the only thing that made sense because they got sucked in when you know everything else did in the lab too so there was other things from the lab that were in the quantum realm too so yeah and so it you... made sense for those guys to be in the movie yeah, yeah. Why, why are you in the quantum realm you know <laughs> yeah, what are you doing here <laughs> yeah oh hi i know this guy yeah it's my friends from work, <laughs> friends from work. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah since you mentioned the ants uh i've seen some interesting discussion about the ants and so forth and it seems like very early on they kind of established the ants right when 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 scott bailed cassie out of jail and they were sitting there with with <laughs> hank and janet who cassie now calls grandpa now, um, they talked about they were doing ants and science stuff, um, mm -hmm. and then he showed how the ants were pretty much self-sustaining in the little community. They actually evolved in that community and were self-sustaining. So, them going into the quantum realm and going hitting, I think he said time vortex or or something. I can't remember exact language he mm -hmm. used. Time where they, dilation. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Time dilation, where they went through you know thousands of years and evolved, and him still being in, in communication. You know, to me, they kind of were the Ultron in this story, right? Because we know in the mm -hmm. comics and the cartoons, Hank Pym's the one that is Ultron. And some of the stories, Ultron is used to defeat Kang. And it seems like the ants filled that role of some kind of artificial intelligence or evolved intelligence to help them, you know, defeat Kang and his army. So, so I thought it was great that we got the ants because, like, I was like, I love that ants are a part of Ant Man's character and that he uses ants. It's one, it's, it's a very yeah. cool thing, and they all have these little different uses. I mean, they talk about the little ones that like fry out like electrical systems and stuff like that. Ones that are like architects that make a bridge for him to cross like certain areas and stuff. And then Hank Pym's making these certain ants that basically are evolved, and then they come to his defense. They're partial to Hank Pym. And it shows how Hank Pym is still an Ant-Man himself yep. because these ants are like working with him and they come to his defense. And this movie is kind of like at the end, kind of like Avengers ant game where it's like, <laughs> you know, like all this massive army of ants just come and it all comes because of Hank Pym. It's not because of Scott, it's because of Hank. So, I mean, I feel like it kind of, uh, it feels like that moment in, what was it, uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes where they're fighting Kang and Kang goes to leave them stranded in the future and Hank yeah. Pym uses the ants to like stop the chair and stop Kang. Yep. 
similar a, concept yeah exactly yeah, very very similar concept there so it didn't really feel too outlandish to me and the answer's so smart as it is you know already that they're building a little civilization yep seeing and, them fall into a time dilated uh section of the quantum realm didn't seem too ridiculous in a, and without ants would have been weird right <laughs> uh from the chat here the ants were a little too heavy-handed um uh, of, of of a deuce ex machina in my opinion uh another one from the chat here the ants were fantastic the first time i saw hank hear the sound in his earbud i turned to my wife and asked if the ants had been sucked in so you know they kind of were there to the whole you know they, they kind of disappeared for a little bit but for the majority of the beginning and towards the end the ants were there so you know it was interesting that they, they kind of incorporated what they were doing why they were missing in the middle part of the story. Hmm. Which yeah, I, 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 I was just going to say, I think it's funny that the Ant-Man movies, and especially this one, are kind of like, honey, I shrunk the kids, but with the mm -hmm. quantum realm, you know? Yeah. And we had the giant ant already, you know? like And those movies, honey, I shrunk the kids, have a giant ant in those movies, so it's kind of like a nice little funny thing. But to see these like giant ants in this movie, in the quantum realm, they're smart, they've made like a type 2 civilization, Hank Pym says that they're so advanced i thought it was just a nice little like bow it's such a it's such a hank pym thing to happen you know yeah i didn't mind the inclusion of the ants and the way that they used them i think that it, it kind of made sense kang it, something needed to happen that was gonna stop kang from doing what he was gonna do and um and that did it but i'm gonna come back to that in a little while um when we get towards the end of the uh the discussion on the movie um but yeah I, I mean i think they they layered in a few bits for the ants didn't they 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 first spoke about it outside of the quantum realm then when everything got sucked in you saw them visibly get sucked in then scott was even running down as it was breaking up and they were all getting the ants were getting sucked in didn't you so there was those those couple of little moments dotted in the beginning of the movie that showed you very specifically that they were coming in and, and for, for Hank to sort of specifically mention that they had started, you know, building a civilization at the beginning of the movie, it kind of made sense at the end that, um, mm -hmm. that they, they had done something. Here's an interesting one from the chat here. Hello guys. Hope you are good. Uh, this movie caused quite the controversy. Do you guys think the movie is good or bad? Also, why was lots of star Wars similarities? Yeah. And I just love Veb. He, he was hilarious. Cheers. Um, and so, yeah, a couple of things here. The if you look at the the actual audience score versus Rotten Tomatoes, there are two different sides of the spectrum, right? Rotten Tomatoes was really low, but all the audience scores are up. I think like eighty five percent. I think I posted in the group the other day. So the audiences are, are are loving it. I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a great movie. Yeah, I had a couple issues in there, and one major issue which we'll talk about. But I, I do agree there was a lot of Star Wars similarities, some Rick and Morty, a very big sci fi scene. You know, if you think about it, you know, there was parts where you, they look like the, the Jawas at one point mm -hmm. uh, when, when Scott and Cassie were down there. The mm -hmm. Sam people with Janet and and Hank and, um, and and when they had their part. Then you got looked like the whole part when King was assembling the army and the ships. That had a very Star Wars and water type feeling when, when they're getting ready to, to launch, you know, the the Imperial Force, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. There was a lot of Star Wars similarities, the even, the, even the bar, yeah, the, bar. the, the cantina, bar. yeah, the bar, 100%. exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, I got, I got a hundred percent Moss Eisley cantina uh, vibes when they walked into the bar, and there was all these different people all sort of looking over at them, and I, I was just expecting there to be a little song going in the background. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting it to happen, but uh, no, I thought there was there was heavy Star Wars stuff going on. Um, even even um, 
at the end, one of my sons mentioned when when all the uh, freedom fighters came in with the different flying vessels, they said it was a little bit like the um, end of uh, the rise of Skywalker with mm-hmm. all the different spaceships coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, also, too, there was parts when they were first flying into that city, uh, Janet and, and Hank um, and Hope, that kind of had a Star Wars feel, too, of the earlier prequels when they're in the city seeing the different sky rise. So that, yeah. that as well felt like Star Wars also. Yeah, uh, sure. Another here from the chat here. It's not to say the ants weren't properly explained. I just felt they they were a weak device. I felt there should have been a situation where Ant-Man and family barely escape by the skin of their teeth, not a situation where they basically triumphed over uh, Avengers Little Threat, which but, that's a great point right there because, I, yeah. yeah, I don't think they actually triumphed. You saw the panic in Scott's face at the end with, when they were walking. So, you know, I, I would have loved for them to come out, you know, for hope, you know, when that part, when they all, the family gets out of the quantum realm and it's just Scott fighting Kang and then hope comes back through to help, you know, disable Kang at this time. I don't think they defeat, they beat him. I think that they just held him off at this time. I was thinking right there, they were going to get stuck in the quantum realm. And the next time they came out, like we said before, they would come out in the King dynasty. And I think they kind of missed the opportunity there. But they didn't really beat King, I felt, in this movie. And also, too, you could tell Scott's panic when he was walking to Cassie's party that he knows that this is not over and that there's more to come. Mm-hmm. I, I, I personally think that with Kang, I think that they didn't really, like, kill him off. Like, they left that door open for his character, to be completely honest. But I think with Kang and his variants, you have to kind of realize that, like, many of them have to lose because, you know, we just saw that in credit scene. It seems like some are, you know, more in a higher position than others. So we know that there will be some losers. And yes, he might have lost in this film, but I don't think he will be gone forever, you know, if that's the case. Like, they could always bring him back. I think they're um, going to have to. I, th- I, I, think, I think this Council of Kings we saw in the first post-credit scene are going to start doing stuff. They're going to need the Conqueror King, and there's somehow the, a similar thing where they had to go and get the uh, his power source. They're going to have to get him back out of where he's trapped right now, have, help, have him help them defeat the other Kings, and then the big showdown with the Conqueror is going to come. Um, and so I think that that's what's going to happen. It's like the enemy of my enemy is my friend type of situation is going to happen with them. Which it's kind of like Rick and Morty, where like Rick goes to the council and he's like, you know, the Rickiest Rick of them all, I guess you could say. And he's like the one that the council hates. And they kind of like want to go after that one individual version of themselves. And I feel like that's kind of what they did with that Kang. But the most interesting thing to me is, is like when we see the council, they all have very similar like tech that they're using to arrive at the council. I didn't really see any time chairs anywhere. Like, he seems to be the only one. And I guess, like, maybe they were using, like, the similarity there that, like, the chair is supposed to represent almost like a throne for him, like it was in the Quantum Realm. So him being a conqueror would be sitting on a throne rather than just using, like, something else. But, um, I mean, I don't know there. And speaking Mm. of that tech, the the tech was kind of a cross between what we saw with uh, uh, Reed and Multiverse of Madness, but also Mm. the color of the TVA doors as well. So I wonder mm-hmm. if there's any kind of parallels there with that tech. I was going to say, that was the sort of the main problem. I felt we got, he got Namored. He got Namored a little bit again. Yeah. You know? And I was like, oh, come on. Like, I like, you know, I mean, they even said those, uh, I think it was Immortus or the Immortus variant of him said about that he's, that he's be killed. And maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I don't know. But 
for me personally, I think he got, I mean, this is, again, this is a guy that's lived for centuries and centuries and centuries. He said he killed, he's, he, I mean, by the sounds of it, it sounded like he might have killed a Thor. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, no offence to Scott and, and, and Hope, but could they beat him up? Really? I, I just, I was just like, ah, oh, no, I'm, Again, I think they should have found some other way to to see Kang lose the battle. Somebody said there that um, uh, they've won the battle but not the war, and I agree. I think that's that's probably right. But I think they should have found some other way, or I don't know. I just felt like they sort of dispatched him fairly quickly in that room, even mm-hmm. the two of them. And it, I don't know. I'm not sure it, that didn't sit right with me in exactly the same way that shuri beating namor didn't sit right with me and i know that there's that whole kind of is namor playing a game and it, there is this kind of yeah is kang really lost probably not but yeah. i mean they they leave that potential though for there to now be this third party now lurking out there somewhere where you have the council of kings as a threat and then say the heroes that may potentially have to like go at one another and then you're going to have like a potentially now an independent kang that is just going to come out of nowhere and just mess all that up and be his own party you know trying to cause chaos which is what he was trying to do in this movie which was take his armies and go into the multiverse yep so you, you know like yeah, I mean, they banished him. He was so dangerous that the mm. rest of them banished him to the quantum realm, and then Ant Man and Hope beat him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the chat here, uh, more about the Star Wars stuff and the walking and flying buildings. Um, mm-hmm. Love the Star Wars nods. Uh, look, look a lot like a pieces. Um, mm-hmm. Rick and Morty uh, ness of this movie. Love that mm-hmm. um, teleportation right here. The teleportation of the Kings we saw. Is how he typically teleports in from um, uh, Democles' ship. The chair isn't always mode, tra- tra- mode of transport, which you're correct there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last one here says, uh, could say he was out of practice, but does Kang get out of practice? And so I can see that, but, you know, remember, Janet, how long was Janet out? When, as when Janet got out after she disabled his chair and he mm-hmm. had the whole time to build his whole army and stuff, how long was she gone between then and there? And we know time is different down there, so he would have some practice, but mm-hmm. not as um, not as much practice, though. I just feel like that there was an interesting association for this king with the chair that there wasn't really with anyone else mm-hmm. that we saw. And as a variant, I felt like that stood out to me. Like, it was like, you know, oh, there's only one that's using, like, a time chair in this, you know? Um, and, and it's also really interesting, like, how, how does the council sabotage his time chair? Like, how do they do that? You yeah. know, like, did he go to the council and then leave and then smash into the quantum realm? Like, you know? Yeah, and you can say, too, that he was also, you know, up to the movie, they said he was the warrior variant in this movie, mm-hmm. but it was clearly through this movie that he is the conqueror. Conqueror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I the- was very clear about calling him the conqueror. But multiple times he had mm-hmm. to say that. And, and they have the highlight reel of where Janet sees, like, all the universes that he's traveled, where he's just going, just destroying everything. And, I mean, like, it's kind of like Thanos, but, like, on a larger scale, where he's just going from universe to universe, just destroying stuff. And that was kind of the fear of him getting his armor, which I thought was interesting. He had taken his armor off while he was using the ship. And then, like, once the ship powers up, he gets his armor back up, and then, like, he he's now, like, good to go again, now that he's got his armor, you know? Unless they were tied to each other, because of the power yeah. source. Yeah. But, 
I just I just thought that that was a really interesting kind of thing. I I love the way that his armor looked in this though. I love the mm-hmm. like neural kinetic like way that it moves and it like interacts with him and everything like from the shoulders shifting i mean to the suit actually like changing you know like very cool yeah from from the chat here did you all notice uh the that kang used kang fu on scott yeah that fight scene was Mm -hmm. awesome the hand-to-hand combat scott was outmatched and and i have some shades here because we know jonathan majors is going to be in the upcoming creed uh three movie here pretty soon that i wonder if some of that crossed over his fighting from that movie crossed over into that fight scene because he was pretty brutal in hand-to-hand combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. That that fight scene on the on sort of the bridge outside with um, when Hope was involved as well, that was excellent. And you see Scott changing sizes and, you know, going big, going small, and, and Kang sort of dealing with him. And, you know, I thought that was, that was an excellent... That was too short for me. I wanted that to be longer. That was really good. And it kind of finished really abruptly. And I was like, oh, I really yeah. enjoyed that. I could have seen... I could have watched more of that. Mm-hmm. Um. Here's the analogy I give about Kang losing. What if at the end of the Avengers, one Iron Man had flown up and punching the heck out of Thanos and knocked him into a portal and then flew back home? Would that have made Thanos less menacing? That's a great point. It would not have made Thanos less menacing. That's, that's a great point. Um, another one from the chat here. But why didn't Janet tell her family about her history in the quantum realm and just let them be surprised? You know, I understand that. You know, her being down there, she didn't want to talk about it. It was a long time. She did what she had to do to survive. And she thought she wasn't going back because you saw when they activated that device that she's like, turn it off. No, you don't know what's down there. It's almost like she had PTSD at that moment mm-hmm. uh, when she turned that device, when Cassie turned that device on for like the, the telescope thing for the quantum realm. I, I feel like, I, well, I was just going to say, I feel like after Scott had gone, it was one of those things where it was like he came back and he never talked about meeting anybody. He never talked about like any anything in particular. He never talked about a city there or anything. So Scott's been there a couple times now, come back and never really mentioned anything. Janet was there all this time. She comes back. She's like, maybe I'll just keep this to myself. We'll never really go down there ever again. I hope not, at least. And we won't have to worry about it because we'll all live our lives and in our lifetime, this will all pass. And, you know, it'll be like that in the quantum realm here. Mm so like yeah, she says that she says that she said she'd come back and she just wanted to be a mum to hope she mm-hmm. didn't want to get she didn't want to get bogged down with all of that kind of stuff um but um yeah I, I, and i think um going back to what we was just saying there about um actually i can't remember what i was going to say now it's just completely left my mind <laughs> well why do you think about that? i have another point too about the whole janet thing but also too remember she said there are different parts of the quantum realm you know there's the void there's subatomica and then there's that whole world underneath where she was and maybe scott didn't get down that far yes scott went subatomic but we didn't know that scott got down to her level of that far in there so that could be why scott's been down there and hasn't seen anybody because it seems like everyone is down underneath of everything that world down there and maybe scott got to the void maybe scott got a subatomica but which is interesting because she mentioned subatomica early on i was like wait a minute fantastic four because what's Subatomica? He is home of Psycho Man. Mm-hmm. It's Subatomica. So I wonder if that was any kind of reference to, you know, anything upcoming with Fantastic Four or anything like that. Um, but yeah, there's those different worlds down there and they all work differently. So that could be why Scott had different experience than what Janet had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And he didn't, you know, he wasn't down there for very long either. He's only down there for five hours. What, how much are you going to see in five hours? Yep. Mm-hmm. Compared to 30 years. You know, she was down there for a long time. Um, so, so before we get onto the, the post-credit scenes and analyzing that a little bit more, um, just want to rewind to a couple of sort of just elements of the movie that I thought they sort of dealt with quite well. Um, 
I thought they dealt with um, the the humour side of this. I thought was dealt with really really well. Um, I think that I think that some of the gags were really good. Um, I thought that um, the whole you know, I I, for, I I will get onto the CGI, especially the Modoc CGI in a minute. But I quite like the fact that Paul, that the Scott was almost like he was like the voice of the silent majority. He was like the voice of us. He was kind of looking at him, going, "But it's just oh. weird." It's just, yeah, <laughs> he was like, "This is just weird," and I like that. I thought that was quite funny. It was almost like it was almost like it was similar in a way to the gag in. Um, but less obvious to the gag in She-Hulk when they was talking about the CGI and they was like, oh yeah, the CGI department's now working on the next project. You know, I found it quite funny because he was kind of like, it's, it just looks weird. <laughs> and I thought it did, but I thought the comedy just in general was was dealt with quite nicely. I, I, I thought the Modoc thing was funny because throughout the movie, you have this like relationship back and forth where like he's constantly like, Darren, 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 and he just won't respond, and he'll be like, Modoc, and he'll be like, yeah, uh-huh, and then, like, <laughs> respond instantly, and it's one of those things where he's not really, like, he's still Darren to Scott, so, like, and and in my brain, too, that's not really Modoc, so, like, because it's kind of, like, a weird version of Modoc, you know what I'm saying, and, uh, yeah, I mean, of, of course, they killed this character off, you know, this What was, a surprise. Uh, yeah, um, expected that, I suppose. But um, the death was, like, a little interesting. It wasn't, like, it was kind of, like, it was, like, cringy almost. Like, it was, like, it was kind of funny, but, like, it was kind of, like, his whole character was just a joke the whole time anyways, you know. But but we did get the transformation, though. So we did see what happened. We did see uh, similar to what we saw in the void at the end of time with the helmet there, we saw the big head, the small body. So there was that hint there in Loki with that piece. He's still, but, he's still butt cheeks. Yeah. But then he's we saw the whole thing. Cheeks. Yeah. The, the little baby butt cheeks, the, the baby Bjorn looking <laughs> thing. And so I actually like how they explained how he became Mordok and, and, and the stuff and looks wise, especially with the mask on and even the CGI look way better than what we saw in the previews uh, for his face. So I thought the looks were there, but the arc was kind of a little bit weird for me. Mm -hmm. I, I liked the, you know, that we said about it, I think, I think it was even you, Joan, that put a post on there uh, on the on the group the other day, saying about um, you know a scene like this will be great. Yeah. And and we said about just that that two minutes of exposition, just to kind of set that up, just explained it really easily, and it was it was it was quite simple, wasn't it? Yep. Mm -hmm. From the chat here, Modok is completely ruined for me after seeing him in Ant Man. Was Modok actually Darren in the comics? No, uh, Modok is actually I can't remember the name, but he was an AIM. George. Yeah, it was. Tarleton, Tarleton, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, Tarleton, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he was an AIM uh, agent uh, in the comic, so no, there was no ties to Darren Cross. And maybe we'll see Muck again, you know, it, it's Kang, things change, time, you know, do things, maybe we'll see King again, so. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, like, I'm sorry, Modoc again, sorry. I, I feel like Modoc was always kind of more of a, a joke in, you know, a lot of things, a lot of comics and, and stuff like that. I mean, in a lot of animated shows, he's always kind of like, he's kind of uh, the first part, he's the expendable one. Like, they kind of just push out there first, you know what I'm saying? Like, and uh, in this movie, it kind of felt like that. I mean, Kang didn't really take him seriously. At one point, Kang tells him that when he's in the room, that he remains quiet, you know? Like, <laughs> and I was like, all right, like, all right, I hear you, Kang. Like, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things, like, 
when he died, I was kind of like, all right, like we didn't really lose much. Like, you know, we didn't really gain much with this version of Darren in this movie as Modoc, and we didn't really lose much when he was gone either. But we at least know that he's the reason why Kang knows so much. Besides besides yeah. Janet, that Kang knows so much about because Janet didn't really know about Scott, so we know mm-hmm. why that Kang knew so much about Scott and, and so in hope and, and you know the present time past Janet's uh, knowledge of her family. Um, from the chat, Modok looked like he should have, but the backstory is obviously not the same. But it certainly fits. Yeah, it did fit. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys need to add the rules of the group. It's never too late to stop being a dick. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're here from the chat. Um, at least I died in Avenger. Had me on the floor, <laughs> and, and the look on Scott after the line was a cherry on top. Plus him touching the face. That's his face with his new yeah. hand. Yeah. yeah. And he says, he says, you know, Scott, I've always thought of you as a brother. A bro- and he's yeah. Says, face. What? Like no. His face was just like. Really? Absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you can so, pick what you want. What do you guys think about Cass's arc in, in this film? You know, the witch started off in jail. Obviously, she's been working with grandma and grandpa. You know, Janet and and Hank. That was the uh, thing. And Cass, yeah, and Cass. That was the as thing well. a minute ago. That was the thing a minute ago that I'd forgotten about. I was okay. Was there you go. Um, we <laughs> said, we said, didn't we? Uh, last week we said, uh, who's Cassie been kind of, you know, working with? Because she's been working with somebody who's helping her, and we said it was probably Hank. You know, because mm-hmm. he's kind of like, you know, nurturing that sort of behind the scenes. And that's what he's, he kind of said. Oh, we thought we'd, check, we'd, we thought we'd help her. You know, she wanted to do this stuff. So why not? You know, he wants to do protege, you know. Um, so, yeah, they, they were helping. He was helping her sort of um, move along and got her a suit and all sorts. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't I didn't mind her. I, I thought she was all right. I didn't she, she wasn't offensive to me at all. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing her going forwards yep. um, with, with you know, with Kate Bishop and with, um, you know, maybe Yelena and a couple of the others. But yeah, I'm, I, I quite, I quite liked her arc actually. I liked the the family dynamic in this mm. with with where she was kind of like a granddaughter to Hank Pym mm. now, and uh, I thought it was really funny where they're having that scene where they're talking about this is like not the first time she's gone to jail and like Hank's like, you know, like I, if I had my way, I would have broken her out with ants and it's like, okay, grandpa. Okay. Like, you know, be quiet. You know, it's, like it's that, it's that grandpa and, and, and um, sort of parents and grandparents relationship. So like, you know, with kids, basically like the parents don't let the kids get away of anything, but the grandparents let them get away of everything. So, you know, yeah. that's exactly it. You know, yeah. there's no way that Scott was going to help Cassie become, you know, uh, a costumed, you know, superhero. But Hank was like, yeah, okay, we can yeah. do it. Come on, come with me, come with granddad and we'll sort it out, you know? And, well, and, it, Hank, and Hank's like a typical old man. I mean, he's using pin particles to make pizzas bigger. That way he can bucks. save money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and, and he's like, I think Scott says something like, you know, I envy you or something like that because he saves $8 or whatever. So, but yeah. it, it was funny too that everyone was in on what she was doing except for Scott. Like everyone yeah. else in the room knew that, that she's been, has a suit, messing mm-hmm. with pin particles, doing things except for Scott. Um, from the chat here, uh, I'd say Cassie probably Stinger as opposed to Stature, as most assumed. Yep, even the suit color because mm-hmm. Stature's red, Stinger is more purple uh, from from the comics too. So the suit did match. Um, and then here, 
Well, like father, like daughter, it's inherited in their family, apparently. But I was surprised how Cassie studied the quantum realm and managed to keep it a secret from Jan Janet and Hank. I think Hank knew. I don't think Janet knew. I, I, Hank definitely knew, though, but Janet did not know. And Janet didn't tell anybody about what happened down there, so nobody knew to be worried about it. And Cassie's whole plan was that they would use this. And Hank even says, like, your daughter built a telescope into the quantum realm mm -hmm. to map the quantum realm, and which they were going to try and do to figure out everything that was down there. And Janet wasn't bothered at that point, though. Yep, she was until, the, the signal. until until the signal. Yeah, signal. that's it's Darren. Was, yep, yeah. Darren slash Modok is the one that that was able to lock onto that and get them to come down there. So mm. that was another thing about Modok's usage uh, with, with King in the movie. Yeah, mm. I suppose he had that sort of understanding of of what's up there, mm -hmm. which was really interesting. Actually, bringing bring coming onto that and looking at Bill Murray's character Krylar, uh, I was I was expecting him to turn around and say that he was a um oh uh, uh, like um the collector and oh an like elder a, of the universe yeah. an elder yeah i was expecting him to turn around and say he was a collector because he kind of it seemed like he'd been down in the quantum realm for so long he'd kind of forgotten about humanity like he even says oh yeah i forgot that's what you call yourselves humans and um you know it seemed like he did doesn't have know what ants are yeah. no he doesn't know what ants are but he sort of but that's that kind of um that arrogance isn't it you know the grandmaster had that arrogance didn't he you know when you spoke to um when he was speaking to thor and ragnarok and it seemed i was expecting him to say that he was an elder and that his brothers something about his brother, he's been down there a long time or something like that because it seemed like he did kind of know about you know our world but was it more from janet like, though or from something else well maybe yeah janet. but so i would in, say it's him which brings to the question is are those people down there are they actually down there or are they are they refugees from conquered worlds of king because it seemed like like a lot of the people were people of planet kai it also seemed that william jackson harper's character who is quaz was more um more of like the micronauts leader in the comics than he was mm -hmm. Qua uh, quasar a little bit so there are some parallels here with these people are they refugees or are they actually living down there Mm -hmm. maybe they're just exiles maybe they're people like i mean you could have like people from universes that were exiled there that have had children now had families and it just mm -hmm. goes on and now they're just inhabitants of this realm um i thought it was interesting that like you know some of them had powers and abilities and things and that there's all these different like species and all this different stuff like intelligent life down there like mm -hmm. hank pym goes holy shit like this guy looks like broccoli and like <laughs> in, in the movie and like it's so funny like and and like they just have all this different stuff and the way that they fly like creatures down there the way the ships operate like everything is just like completely different in how it functions there yep. and the physics are different you know like it can change from like here to a mile away like it's it's very cool that, I'm was, the best gag. that was the best gag for me the um he, ha he has seven holes and then watching <laughs> scott's face go you could see i was counting as well even i did it i was like one two three four, five. <laughs> yeah 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 and anyway he went yeah 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 seven holes <laughs> But what I thought was interesting was we see, like, um, Qua or what, what was his name? Quaz? Quaz, yes. Yeah. yeah, Quaz with his abilities down there in the quantum realm. Janet has abilities from being in the quantum realm. We never saw them once in this movie. At all. That's my biggest issue. I, I put that in the, in the spoiler chat. That's my biggest issue because they made a point of her powers in the last movie. She helped mm -hmm. kind of, you know, ease Ava's pain, Ghost's pain. But then nothing about her powers at all. And then also, too, I would figure we get some kind of ghost reference or or, or Bill Foster reference. No, it seemed like the last movie is completely erased from mm -hmm. this whole thing. This was a completely different movie, though, wasn't mm -hmm. it? This, mm -hmm. was, this, this wasn't 
yeah, I mean, the first two, you know, they, they're very similar in the feel of the movies, but this one was completely, yep. completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, completely different movie. Um, one, one quick thought back on the people down there. I think I'm leaning towards the refugees because the Kings know how, you know, since they knew how to, you know, exile this King down there, I'm going to say they're probably exiling people that are left over down there as well. And that they're all refugees down there, not actual people. Mm-hmm. Um, from the chat here real quick. Uh, Marvel site has her a stinger now just at a daily on her. And it's, uh, has her listed as that also. Hmm. Um, so, so good. Cause the colors match too. Um, drink the ooze was funny. Looks like Cassie knew about the ooze before they went there because she told Scott to drink it. Well, she had the, the ooze dripping from her face too. Yeah, so it seems she, like I think she drunk it and heard yeah, the voices. And exactly. Then and she was like, "Look, just drink it and you'll understand," sort of thing. The um, um go ahead. The, the I was just gonna say the one girl had that staff. It looked like a Moon Knight staff. Yeah. Like the uh, the Conchu staff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and uh, just just a little reference there that I thought was a little interesting thing. Yeah, and the, 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 uh, the shoulder. Gun pad looked like a, a owl looking face you know the guns that uh hank picked up looked like star lord's guns yeah i was that too yep mm-hmm. yeah from the his army which and, are like stormtroopers the way they they fight and shoot <laughs> and, and, yeah and they i mean they did that yeah they did they did that little joke where they talk about scott fighting captain america and then he knocks the top off of a building and uses it as a shield and yep. charges yeah. at it like yeah. captain america and i was like that's a nice little reference yeah that was um good. that you know what that what that made me think was in winter soldier when the guy's on top of the car with a big with a big you know machine gun and cap runs towards him with with his shield yep. and basically ends up like deflecting the bullets to the other guy and taking out the other guy and there's that cool sound in winter soldier that was that was that Mm-hmm. Yep, my son yelled out during two scenes in the movie. That was that one with the shield. He goes, "Look, he's being like Cap." And the second yeah. one was when, um, when Veb had the holes in him, and then he like sucked all the people in like that big hole with the with the air. He's like, "It's Kirby." <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of that uh, that ooze monster from Futurama that eats people. Oh, I don't know yeah. <laughs> the green one. Uh, uh, from the chat here as well, the Quantum Realm really reminded me of Guardians of the Galaxy video game. It felt like nowhere. Actually, mm-hmm. a good a good call there to that one. Mm. I um. So, what did we think of, of um the generally speaking the CGI in this movie? Because CGI has been a bit of a hot um, topic recently for Marvel. Um, I, I mean, my I think that Modok could look better. I'd like the face when it was Corey Stoll's face. I think that could look better. Um, but I think generally speaking, I think some of the scenes were, were really well done. And I thought, I thought most of the CGI was, 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 was good. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was fine too. And I just kept thinking about the, the Elon Musk spoof yeah. on Modoc's face. Mm-hmm. I kept yeah. thinking about that, but I thought he looked way better in the movie than we saw in the previews and the stills early on. So I thought mm-hmm. the CGI was fine. I, I personally thought the CGI on his face just looked rough in a couple of scenes. Like I thought like. I mean, it's no, like, Solomon Grundy and Stargirl, like, CGI quality, but, I mean, like, it's it's definitely not one of their, their best by any means, or not even close. Um, otherwise, I thought all the visuals, like, looked great. I know a lot of people were complaining about, like, how some of the visuals, like, didn't really make sense visually and stuff. It's not supposed to. It's the Quantum Realm. It's like, Quantum Realm. Supposed to, yeah, yeah. Everything's supposed to be ridiculous there. Like, you yeah. know, like, like, so, like, it doesn't, like, one of my favorite moments in this movie is when they get sucked in and Scott sees Cassie falling. He cuts his suit on and he goes giant Ooh. man and mm-hmm. catches her and lands and stands. That whole scene, though, 
from the moment they got sucked into the moment they kind of landed that was excellent that yep. kind of going through and skipping over things it was it was that um what we've come to expect from those ant-man moments you know those um those shrinking moments you know the suitcase scene mm -hmm. um you know hope running on the knife all of that kind of stuff that was that was one of those moments i thought that was excellent yeah it, it was pretty cool to see in 3d as well mm -hmm. oh right okay yeah, yeah I saw that, that was did you have you seen it both joe yes i saw i've seen it in 3d and not 3d. 3d i did not right, see okay it. what did you prefer um well for me it's not 3d because glasses and they don't make 3d glasses like we're over them so there's time i'm squinting to see some stuff and, and to catch some things so um but i prefer the 3d was cool for some of these movies you know um but this one was one of them because the way all of the action was and how they did things so yeah um yeah. from the chat here let me see wasn't crazy about the Darren face myself, but he's a hard one to pull off. Mask down here looked pretty cool. Yeah, I thought mask down looked pretty cool. Yeah, as well. I, I actually like. I, I actually, I, when I saw the mask down thing for the first time in one of those silly leaked images that came out from ages ago, I was like, oh man. But actually, it was all right, wasn't it? It was all right. I would have preferred I that it. kind of look. Did you hate the mask at first? And then when I saw him flying around in this movie wearing the mask and stuff, I thought it looked cool. You know? Yeah, like yeah, it, I guess was... that's probably the same as me. Yeah, yeah. I think they could have done better with the the, the the face. The face for me, I, I don't think it should have been as human as it was because it was literally his face. <laughs> it was just his his head. Where I think yep. they could have gone down a more sort of disfigured kind of look, not ridiculously, but just a slightly more disfigured look. Yeah. I thought they did it more like pretty well with and without the mask. I, I thought it, it hit the, you know, it hit it. It, it looked like a mug to me, even the arms, the legs, the way he moved around. He's got so baby I, legs. Yeah. I thought mm -hmm. it hit hit all the points for me on it. Um, the next one here, I think CGI was at its peak when Scott went inside the engine to retrieve it. Also, did you hear, do you want ice cream? <laughs> when all the Ant-Man started uh, running yeah. towards the engine. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, said by uh, Baskin Robin Scott. Yeah, that was funny that they had him in there as, as one of the variants. One of the coolest moments in this movie was when he gets caught in the probability storm when he's trying to get that um, piece for, for Kang's time chair. And uh, he's down there, and all the Ant-Men are all doing their own thing, and then he starts talking about, like, he's doing this for Cassie, and he okay. hears Cassie's voice, and then all they of them are all, like, instantly yeah. like, hey, let's be like ants and make a giant yeah, ant mound exactly. and put Scott up there and literally put him up at the top. It, it was like that scene from the first Ant-Man when he's floating in the water tube to get into uh, Cross's facility, and they all mm -hmm. lift him up to get to that one point in the tunnel. That was the exact mirror of that scene, it seemed like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. Next one here, Jimmy Cloud's in here now. She just joined us. She says, "I feel like Modok was clumsy, just shoehorn in, and his CGI face was awful. Just leave the mask on." So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, mask. leave the mask on. Yeah, we like the but mask. The mask was cool. I thought it was a great way to explain what happened to Darren Cross and, and to mm. still use him as a plot point in this. So, I see why they did it, and, and for me, it fits. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought it yeah. fitted as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought it fitted. I, it would be. A, it's a shame that we've sort of lost him, but. Um, mm -hmm. I lost the opportunity for Modok, but then again, you never know. Every I, Kang, every Kang might have a Modok. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Modok is probably somewhere in the multiverse. I mean, well, I guess he probably wouldn't be if it, if if this would be, you know, only one that came to the quantum realm. You know, maybe, maybe. So know. we know there's some speculation about you know Miss Marvel's bangles and the Ten Rings from Song Chi. We also know the the post credit scene. With the beacon, it seemed like so far, other than that one screenshot of his ship forming, there was no ties to this. So, 
I wonder if we're going to get this from other variants maybe in, in the future. You know, it'd be interesting to see if they what, what ties to this are in the Marvels, right? Because mm-hmm. right now, products going forward, the Marvels is the only one I can really see having a big time because there's rumor of a huge incursion happening in that movie. But Secret Invasion is around the corner, and we did see a scroll variant in the post credit scene. So mm-hmm. it feels to me that we could see Kang pop up anywhere. I- you know, going forward now, I think every, I think everywhere. I yeah. think we might see him in the next three projects. Mm-hmm. With with these in credit scenes, we saw like a really strong lean into the incursions. There was a yeah. very heavy mention yeah. of incursions, and I think that that was meant to kind of like dial up the incursions. I think a lot of people have been sitting here, kind of like wondering, like, how are we going to get into incursions? Like, how are we really kind of get into that? It seems like we've got a lot of stuff happening right now. It seems like that's kind of happening, but not really happening. And I think it's going to be tied to Kang. And I think a lot of this is going to be probably like in every movie. And you're probably going to see one maybe in the Marvels, you know? Yep. And it wasn't just the post credit scene because it was the actual one when, when he asked Gannett what she saw and he was mm-hmm. explaining what happened. He mentioned incursion right there yeah, in that scene before the ending. So mm-hmm. it seems he was the one doing that. And he had the secret timeline there in one shot that lifted mm-hmm. up right there. And, and so, yeah, I definitely think we're going to see it. The only one I don't know about that was Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm, I don't know yeah. how this is going to tie in to this phase other than a new Guardians team right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not sure if that'll tie in very much at all, to be honest. But um, uh, I, I did, um, you know, there's Loki as well. I mean, mm-hmm. that second post credit. I mean, what a great second post credit scene. I was sitting there the whole time. My youngest son was getting really hot in the cinema, and we were sitting. I was sitting there the whole time, going, "Please don't let that let this be the, you know, the the." Uh, Damien Dashmalian's character just she going, oh look, I've got another hole, or, <laughs> mm-hmm. or you know, or Modoc like coughing or something. Do you know what I mean? I was like, please let this be something good, and then it was. That, that was the probably the biggest payoff of an end credit scene I think we've had for a long, long time. You know, both funny, of though? those were these were the oh, best in the entire yeah. MCU history, probably. That was the first time in the MCU that a Disney Plus scene has been used as a post-credit scene in a Marvel film. Yeah, wow. so, we've, yeah. We've, we've been saying about that, haven't we? The last few weeks about this idea of movie into show, or uh, yeah, movie into show into movie back into show again, and yep. that that was exactly that. So yeah, that was a brilliant end credit scene. Which you know, I, I really liked how they did a Mortis. They made him look like a Sith Lord in this. You know, yeah. like I mean, like I was getting like Sith vibes from this guy, and then Rama Tut. I love the way they did Rama Tut in this. And I'm not sure if that was supposed to be Iron Lad who was with them or uh, yeah, Scarlet Centurion. Centurion. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard a couple different ones on that take. I've heard it, it's Iron Lad. I've heard it, it's uh, uh, what uh, Kid Amortis, I've seen someone say, which basically is Iron Lad as well. Mm-hmm. Um, also Scarlet Centurion. But if you look in the crowd as they panned out, we saw Mr. Griff on there in the cloud. Mm-hmm. There are in the crowd. There was a Scarlet Centurion-looking character in the crowd as well. Also, mm-hmm. a Silver Centurion, which is not a King variant, but an Iron Man suit. Mm-hmm. There was a Silver Centurion-looking one. Then you panned up. I think there was like a King Kong-looking variant as well. But then as you pan up as well, there's the the reptile one that you saw there, mm-hmm. like looking for like the V of the series-looking reptile. Um, if you ever seen that movie in the '80s or within the remake. Um, but then we saw the Scroll variant there as well. So, you know, like, like I said, Kings are going to pop up. Pretty much probably everywhere in this phase now mm-hmm. that was a great that was a great um you know panel to uh, live screen. action yeah yeah page to mm-hmm. screenshot as well that end credit scene with all of them standing there that was great from uh from the, that avengers uh, issue and i love how one scene one 
like of these credit scenes leads into the other because we see in the first one with the Council of Kings, we see the statue, right? Yep. And the statue was something that we saw in Loki at the yep. end of Loki. And then the second credit scene is Loki looking out in the crowd at Victor Timely, terrified, like, which is so funny to me that he, like, a god is so terrified of this mere mortal, you know, like, but he's just, he, Loki's just been around the bend so much with this guy that he is just like, you know, that's him, that's him. And Mobius is like, who? You know? Like, I mean, it doesn't look very terrifying. doesn't look very terrifying. It's yeah. almost like that 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 banner in Doctor Strange scene, you know, banner's like, Thanos is coming, Thanos is coming. Doctor Strange's like, who? Similar t uh, parallels there with that scene between Loki and Mobius. Mm -hmm. um, from the chat here, does King have anything to do with Secret Wars in the comics, or is it just Lego Marvel 2? No, he does. You have things to do with Secret Wars in the comics, so yeah, that's not just that. That's not not just uh, the Lego game, Marvel game. Um, we all screamed when we saw Loki and Morbius as well as Victor Timely. The scene literally was a mood changer and an adrenaline booster. Yeah, same here too as well. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, they're really good. They're really doing this because I was hoping that we got some hits of Victor Timely, maybe the secret buyer through the film, that kind of thing, maybe that that tether to to to, to this world, but it didn't happen. So. I'm actually really glad they did that post credit scene. I have some things. Go, go ahead. I have some things there. There's some um, some breadcrumbs I'm, I'm going to talk about here when you're done. I was going to say, it just looks like it's been, that looks like it was set in the sort of 1920s, 1930s, that sort of era, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, that kind of looks like he could potentially maybe even be the founder of the TVA with that old style tech that they yeah. use. I mean, like, I get that they use old style tech because if you're pulling variants from different time, it's like, hey, let's choose the most simplistic way for people to operate. But, like, at the same time, it's like some of that stuff's maybe, like, what, 50s, 60s, like, at most, I mean, like, in the TVA, so. So, um, who is Victor Timely from the chat here? Um He's one of the variants. He pretty much collects things throughout history. Um, and here's some breadcrumbs here for you since you asked the question. So Victor Timely, I believe, is tied to Howard Stark um, as well. We know in some of the things, they actually reverse engineers Kang's tech to see that it's Stark tech, and that's how they beat Kang in yeah. some of the battles here. So we have Victor Timely, Howard Stark. But guess what? Who was responsible for the original Human Torch we saw in Captain America in the Expo? Victor Timely. Mm -hmm. You're so, right. All those breadcrumbs there, right? Right, right there from the Captain America, the first Avenger, to now to the post-credit scene, which sets up Loki season two, back turned around to a Stark. So they're probably in the forties then, yep. potentially. Mm -hmm. so, exactly. Wow. That's, that, that's 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 Captain America first Avenger pre-war time frame right there. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's it. Yeah, definitely. Which, which I love. Um, I think Timely is like such a cool shout as a character too, because Marvel's name was originally uh, uh, Timely Comics at one yep. time. Um, so you know, other than Atlas and a few other, you know, like uh, name changes, but yeah, um, love the little Timely shout there. Yeah, and I think it's um, it's a great way to kind of. It, it... The comics have always done this, haven't they? They've always retconned things. They've always gone back and seen a tiny little, like you say, breadcrumb jarring and sort of gone, well, they've left this little hint in somewhere of a character or just someone that said something. And then they've picked up on it. So or a different writer has picked mm -hmm. up on it 15 years later and gone, I'm going to make a whole story out of this one little moment or this one little word that was said or this one panel and a whole story comes out of it and and that's now what the mcu can do you know one little sort of probably just a little 
bit of fun someone putting that human torch you know um in the, in the little tube wasn't it in the middle of the expo they probably thought oh, let's put that in there that'll be fun and then now the writers have kind of gone we can use that mm-hmm. do you know what i mean we can just pick that up and just yeah. go let's it was there you know and i think that's great and and writers do this all the time i mean not all variants of kang or personas of kang were originally meant to be versions of that character you know like it was just like hey like you know when we created this like we'll do a retcon and we'll actually make that be like kang at one point in time like rama tut was a you know previous like older or excuse me younger i guess version of kang almost you know like they'll do that little back and forth where they play with time so yeah no that's it exactly and and that's that's the ability when you've got a time traveling character and creative writers and little breadcrumbs that have been left you know we always i think it was said wasn't it a little while ago about a lot of the loose ends that marvel leaves all over the place they'll go oh there's a character and they've kind of just that character's kind of just disappeared and it's like yeah but that's there that's that's just a, a loose string for someone to maybe pick up on later on down the line like it doesn't have to be resolved like not everything has to be resolved mm-hmm. because not right now anyway because it might be picked up on later on down the line mm-hmm from the chat here, that was an awesome tie-up. Thank you. And then the last one here is, isn't it weird that a decent amount of villains has ties with Howard Stark? I wouldn't say just Howard Stark, though. I would say that an error, maybe the beginnings of S.H.I.E.L.D. And what were they called beforehand? SS or Strategic something? Yeah. Uh, the, the, early on with Captain Carter. Um, yeah, SSR. Yeah, SSR. Thank you. So, yeah, they were tied to that kind of that era. But but it, it does make sense here. And I wonder if that rumor about getting a Tony Stark back for Secret Wars is going to be similar to re uh, to reverse engineering king's tech to defeat him uh in the mm. mcu mm. never forget what ulysses claw said that one time to ultron about like oh that's what tony stark <laughs> used to say to me yeah. so it's like even tony stark has dealt with like you know criminals and yep. stuff at some of his weapons ordeals what, and conventions and stuff what was it keep your friends rich and your em- enemies rich and then you find mm-hmm. out which is which is that what yeah. he said yeah that's what he said yeah yeah yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. brilliant Brilliant. So, um, uh, go ahead. No, no, go for it. Now, say, what do you? So, do you want to wrap up on the Quantum Mania, or uh, yeah, or do you have well, something else anymore you want to tie into? Well, yeah, I mean, so so we know just yeah, just finish it. I was just going to say, just finishing it up. Um, where do these these little leads go? So we we've got the lead into Loki, as we as we saw in that in that scene. Um, looks like there's going to be more Jonathan Majors there. We've got. Um, leads into potentially into uh, marvels with um uh incursions and things like that which we've got these rumors that there's going to be incursions in the marvels we've got leads into secret wars uh, sorry secret invasion with the scroll version of of kang that we saw at the end um and we but we haven't we can't really think of anything into guardians just at this point Mm-mm. no so that's I mean, you know maybe the high evolutionary is like an elder of the universe or something or there's a king variant working with the high evolutionary maybe i mean i think it would be really interesting if the high evolutionary was like an elder of the universe because then he could be like potentially manipulating and change things like way back into the distant past of like multiple universes and that would be a nice little like multiverse kind of thing for that one character but you Mm, know so in that Question from the chat here. Where do you think Rama Tut and Amoris will show up? Um, I can see Rama Tut if they do do a season two of Moon Knight 
I can see that possibly being uh, next place for Ramatut. They did kind of tease him on the coat on the roof in season one. Immortus, I have no idea. I could also see them not doing anything with Ramatut and Immortus and kind of using them as the lead council of Kings yeah. and just being mm-hmm. the watchers the whole time. Yeah. If Immortus does show up, it probably won't be until Secret Wars. Maybe King Dynasty, maybe we could see that. What do you guys think? I actually think Immortus might show up in Loki. I actually think Immortus is like the head of the Council of Kings and kind of like with the Timekeepers and stuff like that. We saw the three Timekeepers in Loki. The Council of Kings had Immortus, Ramatut, and then the third one, which is like, I'll just call Iron Lad for convenience sake, Iron Lad there. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, that was kind of like the three timekeepers to me, and then the Council is kind of like everybody else. I feel like Immortus is going to be kind of like more steering the ship here for the Council, and he's going to be kind of like, uh, I guess... um, either going to pop up in Loki, Kang Dynasty, but I really feel like Loki Season 2 might at least reference him with at least like a post credit scene, or at least maybe have him be secretly doing some of the stuff that's going on in the TVA right now. Because like, it's hard for me, it's, it's really hard to kind of have the Council of Kings and have the TVA both existing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right yeah, that, that's you a know? good tie there, Alex. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, and, and I think we'll see Loki Season 2 being super, super important going forwards. I mean, I, I was looking forward to it anyway, but and looking back on season one, looking how important season one is. Now, I don't think I realised how important Loki would be to going forwards before Loki aired. But now looking back on it, looking how important it is now compared to what I thought even at the time of watching it, it's even more important now. So how important is season two going to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, super important. I think that's really going to, you know, and, and and I think he's part of your news, Joe, and going to be about the change of date for the Marvel. Yes, yes. We'll talk about that in a minute, yeah. then, eh? Um, there's a couple more, just a couple more there. Do we want to just go, uh, yeah. just tie up the Quantum Mania discussion? The next one here about your comments, uh, Alex, like high evolutionary tech from Kang. That's a good shout there. Mm-hmm. Like, like the tech he's using is, is Kang's tech, or does that something that Kang gets from him, maybe? So that's a good or shout there. Or it's celestial tech. Like he's using World Forge tech to build mm-hmm. his own little worlds and stuff like that. And yeah. Um, next one here from the chat. Uh, in my opinion, the movie was not the best, but it was decent. The movie is the first step towards the multiverse war. Also love the talk. Very informative. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a good movie for me. Not the best, but I think it kicks off phase five very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Last the next one. Otherwise, we'll be forever. Well, we, we have one more after this, but uh, real okay. quick, this, this is an easy one. Um, did I miss the discussion about the arena? I got vibes of the Contest of Champions or perhaps Battle World. Oh, that's a good shout. When they saw the Council of Kings, when they all showed up. Mm-hmm. That's a good shout there, and that's a good thinking, Jimmy, because that could be where we're going to have the battle world possibly if we see that like in Secret Wars or or another uh, movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Conqueror is the main variant comic-wise, right? So due to that, do we think he's actually dead or out of the picture? I'm thinking he'll be back relatively soon. What do you guys think? Yeah, and I, I kind of mentioned this earlier, and, and I just see your other chat you, that you're late today, So, but I'll just circle back to that real quick. So basically, I don't think they defeated him. I think he's basically like where they had to save his power source from he shrunk down gone quantum and they've kind of put him like in his own little jail for now mm-hmm. I, I think what's going to happen is with this council the way they said that they've killed they, they've killed a kang and you know we're gonna have to you know do something about it and blah 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 i think that they're gonna need this kang to defeat the council of kings especially when it comes down to immortus and iron lad or scarlet centurion um and rama tut as well 
Um, and then they're going to have to basically go into a war with this Kang to finally mm -hmm. defeat him. That's, that's make, my thinking. Make make a deal with the devil and then yep. get burned by the devil too. You know, kind exactly. of type of situation. Um, yeah, I totally think if he didn't die on screen, then he's not dead. I mean, yeah, exactly. that's, that's, yeah, you know, that should be the way that you look at this. You don't, um, see, the, you don't see the body, they're not dead. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, we saw MODOK die. We saw his little heart monitor go out and stop moving. So, like, you <laughs> well, know, that like, version. No. <laughs> yeah, 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 that version. But, like, with Kang, like, you know, we didn't see this version of him, like, just get sucked away and be killed. Like, he just literally just got, like, sucked away and was gone. Yep. So, like. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So, um, final thoughts on the movie, guys? Yeah, final thoughts. I, I, I agree with, um, with what, um, I think that might have been Mohammed actually, that said, uh, that he, that he liked it um it was good i enjoyed lots part lots of parts of it there was a couple of bits of it that i didn't like um but i think overall it was a good start to phase five um and i think it really kicks off what's going to happen in the next two or three projects so yeah i think i think a solid solid performance love paul rudd i really liked evangeline lily i thought she was good in it um and um yeah, I, I thought and Jonathan Majors was excellent, captivating. So yeah, good. I'd I'd give it a I'd give it a solid seven seven and a half seven seven and a half seven and a half out of ten. Maybe an eight, maybe a generous eight, somewhere between I, a seven and an eight. I, I really like this movie. I thought that this movie did a really good job of like bringing a lot of characters that have kind of taken a little bit of a backseat in the past, like in a lot of these movies, like Hank and Janet, and really kind of gave them a lot more limelight. The issue that I had with this movie was I felt like the Wasp did not get a lot of screen time. I felt like mm. the Wasp needed a little bit more screen time. Felt like she kind of was there for, like, a lot of, like, the fights and stuff. But other than, like, that, like, she was just kind of, like, always just kind of, like, hey, everybody's getting on the ship. Wasp, slow them down. Like, you know, kind of type of thing. And it was, I don't know, like, I just, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of her character on screen, yeah, I guess. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I really like this movie. Um, you know, I, I think that with variants of Kang, like we're going to have losers. So I have no problem with him going down the whole title of this movie or theme of this movie is Scott's book of better look out for the little guy, you know, the little guy. That's exactly what happened with this movie, which is Kang is like, you know, you're nothing to me. And Scott's the little guy and Scott wins in the end. So, Kang, look out for the little guy kind of type thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the movie. 8.5 out of 10 for me. Like, you know, um, it's not got a crazy intense plot. It's a really simple, just like, hey, let's throw punches and beat on each other kind of type movie. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, what, what else are you going to get when you have, like, you know, Scott making himself huge and fighting ships and then making himself normal size and fist fighting Kang? So, it's a good movie. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was a really good way to kick off Phase 5 to to introduce us more to more Kang in the MCU. Um, I do have some issues, though, that they didn't really build. It didn't build on uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, other than Janet getting out of the quantum realm. They kind of mm -hmm. threw a lot of stuff away from that movie. It almost like that movie, other than getting Janet out, was kind of not a not a thing forgotten. anymore. You know? Yeah, kind of forgotten. They kind of threw it to the wayside. I do like how they, you know, the, the Pym, we got the Pym Van Dyne Lang family story in this one. I like that coming together. Um, but the best part for me was Jonathan Majors Kang. To me, it was the best part of this movie. Mm -hmm. There are some little uh, Easter eggs in there we talked about that are pretty cool and that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, so, yeah, I don't really have a rating for this one yet. I, I got to think about it more because, you know, 
I'm still kind of struggling with the they kind of threw away Ant Man and the Wasp kind of away. Um, but back to your point, Wasp did have a lot more in this movie. I thought she did, and you know, not as much as the last movie. But mm-hmm. she also was running the whole um, Van Dyne Pym Foundation too, as well. So she was doing stuff, you know, more of the world stuff, especially after the blip, and you see the influence on Cassie as well. That's what we saw from Falcon and the Winter Soldier and that kind of stuff. So I wonder where that kind of stuff's going to lead to, or, or that, or is that going to be kind of a throwaway thing that we've seen all, as well in the MCU? Mm-hmm. Um, from the chat here, real quick, last things before we move on. Um, both Conqueror mm-hmm. and He Remains both claim that if they die, bad things happen. Yep, they both proclaim mm-hmm. that. Um, I believe them from the chat. Um, here's a rating from the chat. Seven. Seven for the seven holes. <laughs> nice reference I like the there. next comment. Yeah, and then uh, when Scott said to Hank, did you read my book? And he says every damn word. I like that scene as well. You, you can see how they're kind of more, there's been more bonding Bonded. between, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. between Scott and Hank from the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one here before we get to the news. <clears throat> Gave it a 7.75 to 8. I liked it, but there were some areas they definitely should have improved, which is fair. I agree. So, yeah. Yeah. That's good. our chat on Quantum Mania. Um, one hour in. Okay, we'll see the news real quick. Uh, Blade. Uh, so, it looks like Milan Ray is out of Blade as they're recasting the role of Zora now. Um, the rumor is, is that most likely due to scheduling conflicts since the massive rewrites and this movie has been delayed. Also to, uh, Kevin well, Feige. Has it been delayed again? No, so... no, no, From, from before, from before. Right, okay, gotcha. Yeah. From, from before okay. and changing directors and that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, Kevin Feige, all that stuff is from Feige himself from the news. He did a nice interview that I posted to the group mm-hmm. where there's a lot of good nuggets in that interview. So we'll talk about those. He also said that it's going well. Our director is down in Atlanta right now cameras roll in like the next 10 weeks or so so we're finally getting the, the train on the tracks with the blade so that, that's good to nice hear. yeah that's good to hear um daredevil vincent dionofrio on disney plus being different from netflix it's going to be very very cool very different than netflix show which was which was as we know was amazing yet this is brand new and really smart we're going to surprise everyone with it and yes it's going to be really cool so hmm. Again, don't go into Daredevil uh, Born Again expecting Netflix Daredevil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally called Born Again. So, I yeah. mean, it's like the series <laughs> is literally Born Again, you know. Um, Deadpool 3. Um, Emma Corrin joins the cast. It looks like she will be the villain of the movie. Um, Deadline has... I'm sorry. I shouldn't use she because that's not how she goes by. Um, Emma will not be the, will be the villain of the movie. Deadline has confirmed Emma is not playing the rumored danger role. Emma will be playing somebody else. So when this first came out, everyone kept saying this is danger. And everyone thought that because of the comic that Ryan Reynolds had when he was in like the announcement piece of it. Because of the cover. But it's not danger. So there'll be a different uh, villain for that movie. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Feig has also confirmed Deadpool will be the first rated R MCU project. So he has actually confirmed that instead of his speculation. Um... New World Order, Anthony Mackie on how his Captain America differs from Chris Evans' Captain America. I think my Cap, he's not a superhero. He doesn't have any, uh, super serum. Um, so his superpower is his humanity. So I think with him, he has to come to the stage with a very different understanding of what it is to be a good guy or a bad guy. And what are the decisions that make you toe that line in a way that you did. I just see him as more of a humane Cap as opposed to a distinctive a Cap of Judgment where this is right and this is wrong, your decisions that make you choose right or wrong. 
that's interesting hmm yeah i'm really looking forward to um new world order you know mm-hmm. i think um it, it, i mean it's right up my street anyway that 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 part of the genre that that sort of um spy stuff and uh, government stuff um but i think it's shaping up to be a really nice movie actually and because i know that fire um um confirmed that ross is going to be the new president didn't yep, he? I, I had that one next i caught on that yeah next. yeah so so that then ties into that movie and i think that is referring to this new world order that mm-hmm. you know all of a sudden now we've got a you know a soldier basically as as your as your you know your chief of staff um mm-hmm. and there is a new world order you've got a new president you've got a new captain america you've probably got this new um threat threat mm-hmm. yeah that's it exactly yeah so i'm and, looking forward to this movie and post blip there is a new world order you know mm-hmm. like like after everything i mean we the have GRC. the world in chaos like the yeah. grc was created to step in and fix a lot of these issues that are still happening and, and but, which we that, so. which we found out about in quantum mania as well all of mm-hmm. those people you know cassie she that's Displaced. why she was in jail yeah. at the beginning yeah she was mm-hmm. there was all those people that were homeless after the blip so yeah uh, question from the chat here, circling back to Deadpool. Do we think Danger Thing might be misdirection? It, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We'll have to wait and find out. We don't know at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, Feige also talked about Ross and Wilson in the movie himself. Um, we'll start, we start feeling relatively soon. I'm sure anyone you ever talked with about Harrison Ford says this, but it's unbelievable that we get to meet and talk with him and that he's embracing this role. He's tireless with the amount of work that he does. This is certainly a big part for Thaddeus Ross. He's the president of the United States in the film. And with Harrison, you think about Air Force One, and you think about some of his confrontations with the president in clear and present danger. There's a dynamic between President Ross and Sam Wilson. They have a history together. But Mm. in this film, we'll be teasing the the dynamic between Captain America and the the president of the United States in a way that is just incredible. So Mm. that's interesting. Uh, from the chat here, I love in the title NWO. Uh, it's also the name of the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. There you go. Nice, that's nice, cool. Yep, nice breadcrumb that's there. Not, that's a lovely touch, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like it's so strange that they're going to make Ross president, you know, and like then bring in Harrison Ford to play him. I mean, I get why because like he's older, but you know, like I mean, I just feel like they should have gone Red Hulk and just not brought in another older person to play Ross and just had somebody do the voice and yeah. I can only I think, think about this because of Secret Invasion. There's something that's probably going to happen in Secret Invasion that they're going to need to have some kind of accept- succession where the secretary becomes the president and so mm-hmm. they need him in human form for part of the movie. But I guarantee we'll see Red Hulk in, in this project. Yeah, and, and what you said, Alex, you know, you know, we was talking about Red Hulk and about the fact that we didn't have to know who it was at the beginning. Mm-hmm. That'll be that'll be a plot point. Yep. We, I think we will see Red Hulk in New World Order, and they won't know that it's nobody will know that it's the president. I mean, obviously, fans like you know us will, but nobody in the movie will know who it is. But what if what if they use it as a means to be like Sam? There are people that have gamma monsters out there, and they show him footage of like the Red Hulk, like ripping up a facility or something, and they think the Red Hulk is actually like another country or somebody yeah, else's yeah, yeah. like yeah. gamma monster or something, and they find out that it's really like you know the former director of defense for the United States, who's now the president, you know Ross, like who's moonlighting is the red hole basically yeah you know? that, that's that's exactly it that's exactly what that ross will 
will turn himself into the Red Hulk to go and do that, then to tell Sam that this is another nation. Sam will then go and take his team to fight this other nation based on the fact that they think they've got a Red Hulk, but mm-hmm. they haven't really. It's the president setting it all up. That's that. That sounds to me like that could be exactly what that storyline is. From the chat here, this kind of sounds like that movie with Jimmy Fox and Channing Tatum. Channing Tate, yum. Um, White House down. <laughs> if you've seen, uh, this is the end. You know what I'm talking about when I said that. Um, I'm curious if Ross will have to rely on Sam for survival. That's interesting. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm not. Sh- yeah, that's an interesting thought. Um, I do think we'll finally get other game monsters as well, and hopefully that's how we get Serpent Society. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's an interesting comment there about how to rely on Sam to survive. That's something we we'll have to see, and how that leads into Thunderbolts also. Mm-hmm. Um, Marvel Studios on cutting back Disney Plus pro- uh, projects. So Kevin Feige has said it is harder to hit the, the Zeitgeist when there's so much product out there and so much content, as they say, which is a word that I hate. To, uh, but we want Marvel Studios and the MCU projects to really stand out and stand above. So people will see that as we get further into phase five and six, the pace at which we are putting out Disney Plus shows will change so they can get a chance to shine. Um, when asked about spacing out uh, shows or putting sh- uh, fewer shows per year, he said both, I think. Yeah. Then he and said, that... on st- okay, go ahead. Sorry, no, go, go on, go on, finish it off. Then he talked about streaming. He said, the fun thing about streaming is that they are forever and people can keep re exploring them as well. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, so this is probably going to tie into your next piece of news, which I'm going to hazard, I guess, is the Miss Marvel change of date. Uh, uh, not that, but the, a couple other things, yes. Okay, well, anyway, so the, the, that Miss Marvel change of date, which we'll come to in a minute, um, if they stuck... I'll tell you what, actually, let's do that in a minute. Go on, carry on. Okay. Um, from the... Comp- cha- uh, actually, real quick. This plays right into Thunderbolts and Secret Wars. So I want New World Order. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Marvel needs... Oops, hold on. I clicked the, the right thing here, Jarian. Um, Marvel needs to make a tribute to Agent Phil Coulson. He should not be forgotten. <laughs> he died a noble death, and I think he should have been treated as an Avenger's death. Do you guys agree? I think they should at least do a Marvel Legends episode on him. You know, I think that that would be pretty good. If, I think uh, we'll see him back. I, I mean, Secret he, Wars. Yeah, I mean, he was the whole reason they used him as the reason to get the Avengers like kind of motivated. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. in the first movie. I mean, that was kind of like his big shout in the mcu was like you know it was kind of like hey you let us down like look at what happened to him like you know that was what that was avenging wasn't it yep yeah i mean and it was like kind of also that idea that yeah even if we lose we'll still avenge earth you know like tony says that directly to loki like yeah you might you might win and destroy everything but we're gonna come back at you like you know and yeah i mean that's kind of i guess the idea he he certainly galvanized the team didn't he Mm-hmm. But he also had that whole yeah. run on Agents of Shield too, so they they kind of did give him his his due. Yeah, I think we'll see him back. I really Secret, do. I think we, I, uh, I yeah, can see a Secret Wars, Wars. Mm-hmm. or you know maybe they could do the Life Mall decoy thing. You know, with which the whole... which they did that in in uh, AOS with him, where mm-hmm. he was a Life Model decoy at the end of that, which was funny because that's a nice little bow for him because at the end of avengers well i say at the end but it like that scene in stark tower where he leaves tony tells him that he's the life model decoy yeah Yeah. so um on other things i'm not gonna mention the marvels yet because i have a whole section on the marvels so we'll talk about the changes there but uh loki season two and the samuel jackson led secret invasion are the only sure bet to debut this year so it looks Hmm. like we're only going to get three movies and two shows this year 
Um, oh. e even projects that wrapped months ago, such as Hawkeye spinoff Echo and Wakanda Forever spinoff Ironheart, are unlikely to arrive in 2023. As the studio spreads out its content and tinkers in post-production, and shows and developments such as Nova are now on a slower path. And the interesting thing there, it says shows on a slower path. Or shows in development. So it does indeed sound like Nova will be a Disney Plus um, production, whether it's a special presentation or a series. Mm. So right, right. But, but one last thing, it does appear right now that X-Men 97 is still happening this year. So animation was kind of without this news, but from what I've been gathering, 97 is still going to happen, it seems like. I don't know about What If Season 2, but right now it looks like we're only going to get three movies and two shows right now. Unless they, you know, release another special presentation as well. Go ahead, Andy. So, so this all ties into what I've been trying, to, well, wanting to say since we saw about the Marvels and the change of day. So, um, obviously, that was supposed to be out in July, mm -hmm. and then July twenty eighth. Yeah, and I think Loki's is scheduled uh, season two is scheduled for the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it, let's say that that's probably going to be done by August loki season two i would mm -hmm. i would imagine i don't you know generally speaking they don't like going into that august time because it's summer holidays and you know people want to go outside and go away and do stuff like that so if they were going to be wrapped up by the beginning of august with the marvel well with with this movie with quantum mania with guardians with secret invasion with loki season two with the marvels with all of this stuff that would leave basically a 10 month hole so if nothing else was ready, so Agatha, Echo, Ironheart, if they weren't ready, that would leave a 10-month hole until New World Order. Which now, I, I, which, I, yeah. I don't think Marvel wanted a 10-month hole. So yeah. they've kind of gone, well, we'll put Loki where it's going to be. We'll move the Marvels back to uh, November, meaning Ten, that there's, yeah. only, there's only actually going to be a small hole either side of those things. But they could still do like Ironheart or Agatha... Or hmm. Echo beginning of twenty twenty four yeah, yeah. Yeah, as well. So I go ahead, I could I, I could be very wrong about this, but I was looking at dates and I was looking at stuff this year and when I noticed that the Marvels got pushed back to November, I know that it was originally supposed to be like a summer release. It was supposed to that, be actually this weekend. It was supposed yeah, to be out in this yeah. Quantumania was originally yeah. in yeah, in the summer. So go yeah. Ahead. Um but yeah, so when it got changed to the summer, like, you know, um I, I was looking at that date. And it dawned on me, and I could be very wrong on this, but, like, you know, the Spider-Verse was coming out, like, I think, mm. like, around that time. So maybe, like, there's, you know, like, Craven's coming out in October. Like, there's really nothing coming out in October, I guess, for Marvel, is there? Like, maybe this is, like, the MCU kind of trying to play nice with the Sony-verse, Sony. yeah. you know? Like, I don't know. Like... Uh, it depends on how these things line up in the future. I mean, I think it would benefit both parties if they chose to do that. Plus, you have other non-Marvel stuff too, like Star was, Wars and other was, things as well. I, I was yeah. just going to say, what's happening in DC, Alex, this year? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've we just had that Flash trailer. You know, yeah. that was that was huge. We've got um, the Shazam, Shazam movie that's coming soon. Um, that's going to be what, like a month or something like that? Blue, I think Blue Beetle. Yeah, Blue Beetle. Um, and you know, they just announced a DC slate. So a lot of people are curious, like what they're going to be doing with a lot of those projects and stuff. And, uh, some of those are animated. So, but the DC slate, all that's going to be tied into each other is the idea, the games, the animation, everything. So that'll be really interesting to see because everything's supposed to be connected at some point. Mm. Yeah. Maybe they're just trying to slow down the, the, the feed of, you know, superhero stuff. 
so the Marvels, uh, Kevin Fogg did talk about Kamala Khan. He said, I also know, and this is a spoiler, she essentially steals the Marvels, which is coming out in this time of July 10th, or July 28th. But now we know that the Marvels is moved from July 28th to November 10th now. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie is about the, the dynamic between Carol, Kamala, and Monica. So basically, Fogg said that she steals the show that Kamala Khan does, so which is mm-hmm. great. I'm not, I'm not yeah. surprised about that. Yeah. Um, but the movie's about the three, the, the, I can't even talk right now, the dynamic between the three of them. Um, this is what the entire movie is about. There are fun cosmic elements to it. Marvel comic fans will recognize elements of the Kree Scroll War, and it's picking mm-hmm. up directly after the end of Captain Marvel 1. Not in oh. the timeline, but in the story. We also, we also do um, that in Secret Invasion as well, and those two are very different follow-ups to that movie. Tonally, they couldn't be more different. But there's something immensely powerful about seeing Monica and Kamala and Carol together in a frame. To me, it's only akin to the first Avengers movie and seeing the six of them together in a frame. It's chill-inducing. They're so great together, and they all have different histories with one another. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how those two projects tie together. You know, Secret Invasion and the Marvels, if they tie together at all. So obviously we've got the scrolls, we've got Talos, Nick Fury. You know those people have been involved in the Marvel, the, uh, Captain Marvel's first movie. Um, and if they've just said about the Kree Scroll War, you know uh, they're going to be involved in the Marvels as well. So yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, we know we know from Miss um, Marvel that the Bangle, the Bangles, when they found them with the Ten Rings thing, it was found on a blue arm, wasn't it? Which I'm yep. going to guess is a Kree arm. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like the Kree Scroll War is going to be something that potentially is probably going to impact, say, the future of the MCU and potentially impact maybe something related to Kang. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like this might be something where maybe some events turn out differently than they should, and it maybe throws some things into whack. I mean, the thing is, is that the scrolls have been on Earth and at war with the Kree since the 90s that we know of. Um, you don't know who is a scroll at this point, how deep somebody is undercover i mean they've been there for generations at this point you know so like you have 30 plus years of scrolls like hiding on earth like they could be so far in every government like in every nook and cranny of the world like they could almost be you know capable of just turning the world over like that instantly we also too think about this with the whole uh 10 rings and the whole beacon what if McLuhan is a king variant if who sorry the, the McLuhans, where the rings originally from what if oh, there okay. is a, a McLuhan kang variant as well sorry gotcha yeah 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 so mm. yeah very interesting mm-hmm. uh thunderbolts uh kevin feig something very interesting in this quote none of them will consider themselves heroes when your de facto leader is bucky barnes that's sort of all you need to know so that's interesting that bucky bucky is the leader of the thunderbolts so it almost Seems like is Yelena gonna be because we know she's like the one of the the main people of this movie. Is she like an inside person for Val? Which Val uh-huh. could be a scroll Val could be a scroll, honestly. Um mm-hmm. is she an inside person for Val working something? Um and it's interesting that Bucky's the leader. It's, it's almost like some it's does something happen in this where Bucky's like, okay, you know, I'm volunteering for something or going off and doing something, and he gets pulled into this role. This movie is going to be interesting to see how they pull this off. 
I feel mm. like you're gonna have a team that's put together by two people, probably Ross and Val, and they send this team in, and you're gonna have Val tell Yelena she's in charge, and Ross tell Bucky he's mm. like in charge or something, and it's gonna cause that dynamic of well, you would think John Walker would probably be more in charge than Bucky in that situation because Bucky's kind of been corrupted, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, chat comment here. Um, I believe Marvel once mentioned that after Tony Stark's death, Doctor Strange is going to be the, to lead the Avengers. But how ready is Strange to take control of such chaos if he barely made it in Multiverse of Madness? I think now that he has the Darkhold and he's kind of seeing what he can do and, and what happens with the multiverse, he's aware now, I think he'll be more ready to do that role. Because it does seem like with all the spacing that Marvel wants... Doctor Strange three and Spider Man four out before Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. It's, it's some of the some of the chatter out there. So mm-hmm. it I've almost seems seen, like he's learned from the error of his ways. I've never seen Strange as a leader at all ever. When when uh, when reading the books, or um, he, he's so reluctant. Even in even in these sort of Strange Academy stuff, he's still reluctant to do it. Yeah, he doesn't really want to lead anybody. He kind of just wants to be left alone most of the time. But um. Yeah, I don't see him as a leader of the Avengers in the MCU, if I'm honest. Not yeah. not because he's not capable. Not because he's not capable. He's certainly capable. He's in a regards, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean he's in his power set and his knowledge, he's certainly capable. I just don't think he wants to do it. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I mean. I, like you said, he's a loner. He's not He's a he's, bookworm. He's yeah. he's yeah. he'd rather be reading a book than like, you know, socializing and with a yeah. team of people, you know? But yeah, I wonder if I don't he's see gonna him be as a leader the MCU is going to put him in that role and he's going to like have to back into that role. Like something's going to happen to make him take that up possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it's like a guess. mentor. Maybe, it, yeah. maybe there's a mentor coming in sort of, you know, helping p- sort of point people in the right direction, but not necessarily as the one calling the charge at the front of the line, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Spider-Man news. Uh, Kevin Feig did have a comment on this. He says, all I will say is that we have a story. We have big ideas for that. And our writers are just putting pen to paper now so it sounds like they are working in conjunction with sony and they have a plan and they're working on that plan which you know who knows maybe down the road with all the secret wars stuff we end up with marvel maybe connecting with the sony verse stuff with the secret wars like them kind of trying to blend the universes which you know that would be interesting but if they chose to do that who knows um someone from the comment here um i like this one um I love, uh, I love this. Uh, it is the perfect evolution <laughs> beard growth. <laughs> Thank you, Polar, Polar Knights. Mm-hmm. Um, Moon Knight, he also had a comment about Moon Knight. He said, and this is from Kevin Fogg again, Moon Knight, same thing. I think there's a future for that character as we move forward. Now, I don't know what this means. If it's season two, if Moon Knight shows and other stuff, um, like Secret Wars, another project, uh, you know, but Moon Knight is a future, has a future on the MCU. So mm-hmm. I'd like to see, uh, not necessarily, I'm not overly fussed about seeing another season two, but I think we need to, uh, another season of Moon Knight, but I think Moon Knight needs some attention to flesh him out a little bit more um, and bring him into the fold a little bit better. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I think we know a lot about him, man. I know that, but I think we need to bring him into the sort of MCU fold. more connections. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't mean, yeah, I don't mean I didn't like Moon Knight. That's not what I mean. But I just think, and we know a lot about him, and there was some fantastic stuff. But he needs to be brought in first before we can sort of just shoot. When I say brought in, I don't mean brought in in another project. I mean mm-hmm. in his own projects, even if it's a special mm-hmm. presentation, a Moon Knight and. 
Where by night. Where by night. Yeah. Or, yeah, or, mm -hmm. yeah, or some sort of, yeah, addition. There's, there's a wind up in the introduction. And now at yeah. this point, like now that he's been introduced, let's see the character go out there and, you know, like actually like be really active in the MCU. Like yes. now that he's here. Yes, exactly. Uh, Fantastic Four news. So a couple of things here. Uh, we'll talk about Kevin Feige's comments first. Uh, there's certainly been versions of it on screen, but never inhabiting the story of the M storytelling of the MCU. And that's something that is really exciting for us. People will start to hear more about that soon. We plan on that being a big pillar of the MCU going forward, just the way they've been in the comics for 50 or 60 years. Mm -hmm. uh, Deadline's Justin Kroll has said, while the film won't shoot until the top of 2024, Word around town is the Marvel will begin gearing up casting process of Fantastic Four this month. No names rumored for now, but the belief is the focus will be casting Sue Storm first and building out the rest of the team after she is st uh, set. Stay tuned. Now, this is interesting, too, because um, um, who's the director for this? Um, uh, oh. I'm going blank. Shackman, Matt Shackman. Shackman. Matt yep. Shackman has met directly with Mila Kunis. Oh, that's awesome. Yes, so there was talk about that. Is she going to be Sue Storm? Because there's talk that Franklin and Valeria Richards will be introduced as well in this film. So they're doing mm -hmm. a whole different spin on what they've done at, of a origin story. Galactus still sounds like he's the villain of this movie, but... It's not. It's not going to be the 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 origin story. It's going to be the family story. It sounds like. So also, Franklin Richards has ties to Galactus as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, he, he was like he, a, uh, and Galactus was, 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 was yeah, he was Galactus. Basically, Galactus was his hero, wasn't he? Yeah, and 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 Franklin was obviously a big part of um, Secret Wars as well. Yep, mm -hmm. and like ending it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's something to watch there. That if they're going to start as the family already, and will Mila Kunis be Sue Storm? I don't think she's going to be Valeria unless they're doing some kind of time jump maybe. I mean, I think it would be cool to kind of change up the first family a little bit and give them, you know, like the kids right away instead of like making it like, hey, mm -hmm. 10 years from now we've worked up to the Fantastic Four having kids. Like, why yeah. not just go ahead and just go full swing with things and do that? But there's also two, there's still some stuff going around that they're going to be minority actors for the cast of Fantastic Four also. So... Oh, um, so 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 change, changing up their sort of um, their uh, their race and things yep, like that. Yep, there's still uh, talk about that too as well. So I don't. Yeah, I've, they could I, go a, a whole different direction with the first I had, family. I had a I had a lovely long conversation with some people on a lovely page the other day about how you know it, 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 there was just some picture of Dev Patel as as Reed Richards, and I was like, yeah, cool. He's yeah. a good actor, and I think he'd be really good at playing that sort of arrogant genius i think you'd be great at doing that and then you know there's a whole oh but reed richards is a white guy and i was like says who and why yeah. is it important that he's white like it's never been important that reed richards was a white person surely yeah and then, yeah. And then i was and then i was jumped on for saying that as well so yeah, it's <laughs> not part of his background it's like there's nothing in the comics that would say he has to be this person right no that's mm -hmm. it you know there are some characters that have to be that way but not all like for example uh, Magneto, right? Unless they change his origin and his history, Magneto mm -hmm. has to be a certain character. Mm -hmm. Unless they completely change he's, that. He's so. Jewish, you know, yeah. like so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but let's not get into that conversation because yep. we've got a we've got a whole show planned around that soon. So yep. mm -hmm. moving on. Okay. 
Uh, Stephen Broussard on if uh, Kang connects to Fantastic Four. I don't want to speak too specifically about what might or might not happen in that film, Fantastic Four. They obviously have an amazing rogues gallery, and the sky's the limit with them, but Kang as a force, Kang as a polarity, feels very exciting to us, and I think there will be no corner of the MCU that won't be affected by Jonathan and by Kang moving forward. Mm-hmm. So That's kind of what know. we were saying a minute ago, wasn't it, about yeah. he's going to be everywhere. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also rumors here about Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. I'm sorry, Patrick Stewart may have teased Ian McKellen's return as Magneto in an interview. He basically says, actually, it went very well. He did something like, hey, I would have done this. Yes, that's true, but we're not done. Sir Ian and myself, where we've got plans. That was the quote. So, it, you know, and right now it sounds like, you know, two projects I can see them come back in, Deadpool 3 and Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. Right? I would say Deadpool 3 is a lock for Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about, you know, if we'll see Ian McKellen on that one, but if they're both are still around when Secret Wars happens, they both could be in Secret Wars. Mm. Definitely got to see Patrick Stewart in Deadpool 3. I mean, especially if they make like a joke. Of, I mean, they've already made the joke in Deadpool 2 about him in the X-Mansion rolling around in Patrick Stewart's wheelchair. So yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like they might as well like put him in. Why not? Um, rumor here, Henry Cavill is in talks to play Marvel's Spider UK for Sony. Uh, not sure if it's animated or live action, which would have a path to him being Captain Braddock. Britain as well. Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, he's Braddock's son or something. Or yeah, not mm-hmm. son. It's not his son, is it? He's a Bra- he is a Braddock though. Isn't yeah, he? there's a relation there. I, I gotta look it up. But there, but Spider yeah. but Spider UK and and Captain Britain have some ties there. So yeah, they could have. So he could be this for Sony, but also come over and be Captain Britain for Marvel as well. That'd be cool. Um, another rumor. Um, Kevin Five reportedly aspires to get promoted as the head of Disney's movie in TV production, which would give an oversight of Lucasfilm, Pixar, and more. Mm. Um, Jeff Snyder says, I've heard, the, I've heard the job that Kevin has always coveted is that of Alan Bergman. And then going on with that, too, news is, well, that's the rumor, but there's also talk out there that Jon Favreau is, is to be back as chief mm. advisor for Marvel Studios. He was previously the advisor for phases one through three for Marvel I Studios. Don't that, I don't think so. that would be a bad thing. Nope. I don't think so either. I mean, he, he basically, yeah, he started off, you know, the mm-hmm. MCU with Iron Man. So um, that's all I have for the news. So let's go to this little chat comment here. Um, <laughs> little comment. Yeah. This is not this. Yeah. <laughs> How cool would it be to see a collision of the DC EU and MCU? Batman versus Captain America, Joker versus Deadpool, Superman <laughs> versus Spider Man. How cool is that? Maybe I put up the wrong cannons to fight, but isn't that exciting? Uh, comes up exciting, which I would see a DC versus Marvel in general type project. I don't know about the actual matchups. What do you guys think? Um, I'm just going to say no to all that. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't want DC and Marvel in the same realm at all. I mean, I think it's a fun idea. It's it's cool. It'd be great and animated, but I don't want to see it in live action. Go on, go on to YouTube and type in superhero beatdown. And just do, just do that. Don't worry about mixing the MCU and the DCU. Just go into YouTube and go to Superhero Beatdown. You can see all sorts of crazy stuff there. You can see, like, you know, the White Power Ranger fight Scorpion. You know, it's great. So, uh, yeah, go on there and you'll see stuff. There's, um, I think there's a great fight between Batman and Wolverine, which is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. But they're really good because they get, like, these great costume, uh, these cosplayers and these great actors. And I think they even got... Um, Superman uh, and Thor was one, maybe? 
yes, I believe that was one. Um, mm-hmm. But they they even got, um, you know, God uh, God bless his soul, the guy that played um, the White Power Ranger and the Green Power Ranger. Um, they got him in for one, and he was the. It, it, I'm sure it was the White Ranger versus Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Oh, that's that, cool. Yeah, it was. They're really good. I'm going to post them on the group. Have you not seen them? Yeah, I've post. I've posted I've, one on the group. I've seen a couple of them, um, but I'd some of them I've seen excellent. that one. Some of them are really, really good. Some of them are a bit naff, but there's a few that are really, really good, you know, and you kind of like, these are just sort of amateur people doing this, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the costumes are great. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm not overly bothered about seeing DC, <laughs> DC versus Marvel and live action. I mean, there is a bridge there now because Gunn did work for him for Marvel and now he's over at DC, so they could do something. They're making I know it worse for him. Look, I know. All right, I'll <laughs> stop now. Uh, from, the chat, from the chat comment here, I like the idea of Al- Amalgam um, mixing the characters, but it would be a ton of CGI. But also, too, I noticed that Marvel versus DCU or changing things out, there's that whole run of the Predator versus, versus uh, Marvel characters as well. That's one predator yeah. versus Wolverine in in Yeah, I've Africa. seen that one. That one's cool. One of the coolest things, though, I will say I've ever seen is in the Amalgam comics. They actually had the Flash like combine with Ghost Rider and Etrigan of DC, and so he becomes known as Speed Demon, and that is like one of the coolest names with like the coolest powers and everything. Like he runs was, and leaves flames and stuff. You know, I was just about to say that is literally your dream character, is it not? The yeah, it, it, it is. Flash. It is like I love it. Like it is so awesome. Like oh man, but yeah. From the chat here, Batman versus Vader is one of my favorites. That um, is a good one. And, and, and then someone goes, go ahead. Go on. No, I was going to say if you've not seen um, the uh, the ext- it's not extended at all, but it's just fan made Vader versus Obi Wan extended lightsaber battle from the um, the first Star Wars movie. It's really good. <laughs> when I first watched, someone said, "Oh, watch this," and I was like, "Oh, these things are always <laughs> rubbish." But actually, I was like, "Oh, that is really good." Actually, uh, there's a lot of CGI going around, so more CGI isn't really a good idea. Which I, I get that too as well. Yeah, but that's it for today. Hey, nice. Hey. Good stuff. We had a good conversation there, guys. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, those of us that watch the listen to the recording or the replay on your podcast, don't forget to, you know, like, subscribe, give us feedback. Also, too, you can catch us on YouTube, um, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, uh, Trovo, our Facebook group. And then once we have an announcement coming up, the page will be back. That's all I'll say about that. Yes. Looking forward to it. Um, guys, it's been a pleasure. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Have a guys. good one. Why don't you tell them about the time we faced you? All right. Well, as I remember. At Avenger Headquarters.